up, everybody, and happy Wednesday to you. It's your boy Daniel with the Turning Point Sports Podcast. Man, we got a lot to talk about today. We'll dive into some of the action going on this weekend and the rest of this week. It is Fantasy Football Wednesday for all of you ready to hear uh, my two cents on some fantasy football stuff this week. Sleepers, guys to look for, guys to avoid, um, and I'm looking forward to the show. So thank you for joining me today. Some of you haven't heard, saw this come across the timeline a while ago, that the NFL is canceling the Pro Bowl this year. There will be no Pro Bowl this season for the first time since 1949. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know how many of you guys look forward to the Pro Bowl each year, but hey, you ain't getting it this year. <laughs> but they're talking about, you know, uh, waiting for it next year, and it'll be in Vegas, it looks like. It'll, they'll be hosting it in Vegas. But anyways, I just saw that, and I thought, hmm, that's, that's pretty interesting news, I guess, right? But... What a game last night by the Tennessee Titans. I mean, if, if, if you guys, you know, uh, think about it, okay? Tennessee hadn't played in a while, right? I think it's been like two weeks since they've played. But last night they came out and they played pretty well. I mean, they beat up on the, the Bills. And I've been pretty high on the Bills, you know, throughout this throughout this uh, year. And, and I thought the Bills would take it just on the, the fact alone of, you know, Tennessee hasn't played in a while. You know, they might be a little rusty, um, but, you know, just go to show that the the um, result was, you know, the Titans got the win. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if we should be surprised about that or, you know, if it's something that we probably, you know, saw the, the writing on the wall in that because of the, you know, because of the rest that they've had. But, you know, I was, I was pretty surprised with... Uh, you know what what took place what happened um you know it's it it uh you know it, it was surprising but hey you know the titans got it done uh, derrick henry just went off i mean he looked great their defense played well um they were the first team really in my opinion that's been able to kind of stymie the buffalo bills offense this year um under coordinator brian debole um that guy's one of the guys that are mentioned for these head coaching jobs at the end of the year uh, the Cardinal or not the Cardinals, the Falcons and the uh, the Texans so far. You'll probably see the Jets' job opening up. There'll probably be many more towards the end of the season. But the Tennessee Titans came to play. You know, hats off to their coaching staff, the organization. You know, for the things that they've gone through and and the COVID nineteen positive tests that they've had to endure. Uh, you know, and and being able to to play and and get the job done last night. They're still undefeated. I mean. Uh, it's just it was impressive for sure it was impressive last night um you know and if you're a Tennessee Titans fan right now I mean you're you know you're feeling good about yourself right you keep winning games I mean they did it at the end of last season you know they they came through and and really kind of uh you know opened up a, a run at the championship right I mean it was very very surprising you know for sure um Nobody expected them to do what they did in the playoffs last year, but they relied on the run game. They played solid defense, and they had a quarterback that's a game manager. 
uh, veteran quarterback. And so, at the end of the day, <laughs> 42-16 was the final score. The Titans were just all over them last night. I mean, and Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 57 yards. He had two touchdowns. Seemed like every time I'd turn it over, I'd be watching. You know, the, the Bills would be... Uh, you know, turning the ball over. <laughs> um, you know, they struggled uh, in that department last night. But, hey, win for the Titans, win number four. They're 4-0 and now. They joined the list of the undefeateds, uh, the Steelers, um, the uh, – uh, sorry, I went blank – and the Seahawks. So those are two, the only two undefeated teams after last night's game. And they're one of them. So hats off to the Titans, their coaching staff. They've had this little layover period, and now, you know, it looks like they're going to be back and in business. But that's kind of where I'm going today. You know, and, and surprisingly, there's 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 been, I guess I shouldn't say surprisingly, because the way that this year has gone, right, and, uh, you know, what COVID's done in the NFL and schedule changes and the shortened off season and you know all of that <clears throat> but there's been some surprising teams the bears are one of them didn't see that coming at all the panthers under a new head coach they're three and two looking pretty good in that division they're tied for the division lead <laughs> which is which is pretty pretty wild um you know the 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 uh, the dolphins have been surprising i, I figured they'd be uh, you know, 0-5 right now, but they're 2-3. and The Browns have been surprising. The Browns finally are doing what they should have done since Baker's been there. Run the ball and, you know, get him in an uh, offensive line and let him be a game manager. You know, don't, don't rely on him to throw for 300, 400 yards. Don't rely on him to throw for 50 passes in a game. It's just not going to get you anywhere. And so they're, they're finally letting him just be a game manager um, the Seahawks have been surprising, uh, you know, with the with the amount that they've lost over the last few years, and for them to be five and zero, you know, is is really great. I mean, it was thirteen to nothing at halftime of that game. They stormed back in the third quarter, and you know, ended up getting ended up getting it done, you know, towards the end. But you know, just a lot of surprises. The Titans being four and zero, the Bills four and one. I mean, I, I I like the Bills. I like their makeup. I I thought that they would be a pretty good team. Um, but they're four and one on a, a division that's really down, especially since Tom Brady has moved out of it. But look for them to make a, a playoff run here. But you know, four and zero Titans, you know, and then for being the team that really got hit with COVID the hardest so far um, in the season, you know, hats off to them and that organization. But so many surprising teams, um, teams that are getting the job done that you know I wasn't expecting. Uh, you know, I figured the Buccaneers would be better than they are. They're three and two. I thought it would take a couple weeks, but it's taken five weeks now, right? They're three and two. Um, they're tied for that division lead. The Cardinals have been kind of surprising, I guess. I didn't think they were. I thought they were still a year away, but they've done well. You know, three and two. They lost two in a row after starting two and zero, oh, um, and then they beat the Jets. I mean, everybody's beating up on the Jets, but you know, they've been kind of surprising. The NFC East. I mean, other than New York and Washington, you know, I thought Philly would do pretty well. You know, uh, I thought that they would they would do well. I thought Carson Wentz might have a bounce back year. Um, the dude always seems injured, but they've been pitiful. I mean, one and three, and then they had that awful tie against the Bengals. Um, uh, but, you know, the Niners, I know they've had all those injuries, but they've been bad. 
I mean, they just got blasted by the Dolphins. We talked about it yesterday. Super surprising in that case. The Colts have been pretty good. Uh, they lost this weekend, but, you know, look for them to compete in the AFC South. The poor AFC South, right? Um, I mean, when you're when you're competing with teams like the like the uh, Texans and the Jaguars, right, and and uh, uh, you kind of you know feel good about yourself. The Titans, I know that you know they're they're in the AFC South too, um, which they'll probably win that division. But it's going to be tough, man. I mean, the Colts are going to give them the run for their money, so it'll be interesting to see uh, you know what what they can do there. We'll see what the Chiefs do this week. Are they going to bounce back and get a win? Much we needed win. Uh, they haven't been a surprise at all. We all knew what they were capable of, and you know, capable of winning another Super Bowl um, if it comes down to it. But you know, they play the Bills on Monday night. It's a game that got moved because the Bills had to play yesterday. So we'll see. That'll be a pretty good game. I'm looking forward to that one next Monday night. Um, you know, and then the nightcap me and the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Where do the Cowboys go from here? Right, Dak Prescott out for the season, broke his ankle, you know, we all know is horrific, um, you know, just something you don't want to see for any player, no matter if you're a fan or not. Um, oh, I was talking about unbeatens earlier, the Packers, right? The Packers are undefeated too. I just I just uh, thought about that and didn't. they didn't play this last week, but they're really good. They're That game's going to be fun. They're playing the Buccaneers this week, so, you know, we'll see if the Buccaneers can get to them and get a win. Um, I think that the Buccaneers are going to need this one. Uh, I think the Packers will take their first loss, but we'll talk more about that on Friday when I give my picks. But just, you know, some good surprises and some teams that aren't as surprising. The Packers, I, you know, I, I knew they'd be good uh, early on in the season. You know, the fact that they're undefeated, uh, is, I guess, isn't super surprising. Um, but they've had some injuries on the offensive side of the ball, but, you know, they continue to win. So, just a, been a been a fun NFL uh, season so far. I uh, you know I, there's been some surprises and some not so uh, much a surprise and and uh, you know just look forward to seeing what they continue to do. I mean, COVID is going to be a huge impact on this year. Uh, it already has been. Right, games are just getting moved around. I thought that the Broncos, you know, they got shafted this last week because uh, you know they weren't really preparing on a. Uh, for a bye week, right? You get some rest on a bye week. You get to chill out most of the time and relax, not um, go as hard because you don't have a game. But at the end of the day, you know, they <laughs> they uh, kind of got shafted in that regard because they weren't, now they don't have a bye week, all because the Patriots had, you know, the, the COVID. So we'll see where the NFL makes adjustments in that. Like, are they going to have to start making teams forfeit? You know, are they going to have to just make a whole extra week of the year, um, the NFL season, um, instead of playing the playoff right after the season? Are they just going to have to make an entire week for makeup games? I mean, it's 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 going to be it's going to be hectic uh, because if these teams, if they have any more positive tests, they're probably just going to have to play with what they've got, or they're just going to have to forfeit because uh, you know you're just really really having the teams that are you know staying away from their, I guess you'd say their players having COVID, you know, are being, are suffering because of, you know, the, uh, the teams that are, you know, unfortunately having these positive tests. So we'll see where the NFL goes. Um, I, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a game, right? Um, and these schedule makers and, and all of that are having to do their best, 
um, to to fix things. I know college right now, you know, they're talking about OSU having to play um, having to play this game that was supposed to be this weekend against Baylor at the end of the year. You know, they're going to have to add an extra week on to the season, and so I mean, it's just making making things you know harder than than most years. But you know, they'll figure things out. Things will get better. Um, I know that I, I saw some tweeting out from, from the Broncos just to be back on the NFL side. Uh, you know, a lot of them were upset because, you know, well, we're not really going to get a bye week. You know, this wasn't a bye week. We were practicing fully until you guys told us we weren't going to play on Sunday. So it's just, you know, it's sad, you know, for these guys because, you know, those that's, they take these bye weeks and they get to see their family a little bit more. They don't have to practice nearly as hard. They train, you know, like it there's no game but now you don't get that you're you're taking that opportunity is taken away from you so um you know we'll see where it goes uh and you know the the nfl i think is going to get better and better they're already putting rules in place for this and that they're you know cracking down on coaches not wearing masks and players you know on the sideline not wearing them and and staff members and whatever it may be they're cracking down on that fining these guys and I've heard that you know if it continues to happen, sometimes they're gonna have to take uh, uh, they're gonna have to take um, losses because of this. Uh, you know they're gonna have to start you know really really cracking down on people, suspending people from games, um, you know forfeiting games. I mean so <clears throat> we'll see we'll see how it goes. You know this is a what was it week five, <laughs> so there's 17 weeks in a season, possibly 18 by the end of it. Uh, to do these makeup games if it continues to happen so there's a lot of season left and uh you know we'll just keep our tabs on what's going on with the front office of the nfl but anyways last night's game good one uh titans got it done i talked about it earlier you know applause to them today um, and they go on and they play the texans this week so the texans they're high off their win and you know they they want another one so I think the Titans are going to have to come in and play extremely, extremely hard. Uh, you know, I thought it was kind of funny that <laughs> the NFL didn't give the Titans any sort of room. The Bills got moved to Monday, but the Titans are going to have to play on Sunday. So it's just all crazy, man. It's all it's all wild. But, um, you know, stay tuned. I'll be giving my picks on Friday. Make sure that you're tuning in. Um, something that I'm going to do every Friday. I'll give my picks uh, Wednesday. I'll give um, you know my my uh, Thursday night pick. But guess what? There's no Thursday night game this week, so um, no Thursday night game this week. So you uh, you know it's just not going down this this week. They're kind of moving it to to Monday and uh, no Thursday night again. So Friday, be back. Make sure you're listening. I'm gonna give my picks, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, see what's going on this weekend. I mean, many things could happen over the next couple of days. I mean, with COVID, with injuries, with you know this or that. So uh, it's always a f- it's super fun this year, especially fantasy football and and uh, you know your pickums and you know all of that is just uh, you know it's really really crazy to predict and try to figure out out what's gonna happen. So anyway, it's. It's a wild times in the NFL, right?
let's talk a little fantasy football. Um, you know, I I uh, gave you a little tidbit of information last week, and you know, if it helped you, awesome, right? If it helped you, I'm I'm thankful for that, and uh, you know, if it didn't help you, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but it's fantasy football, right? It's a guessing game most of the time. Uh, you know, you don't know if a guy's gonna get uh, uh, looks throughout a game you don't know if somebody new is going to jump on the scene i mean we saw it this weekend between chase claypool with pittsburgh i mean my goodness dude that what he had four or five touchdowns i mean it was wild um you know and that fulgham guy he's had two good weeks in a row um and it's you know and in deep leagues you know it might be easier to jump on these guys but if you have some leagues that are you know eight to ten guys maybe smaller rosters um you know it's harder to jump on those guys because you don't have really that room for error. You don't have that extra guy that you can kind of just let lay low. You've got to play the guys that you've got. And so, like, when you're when you're talking about, like, a Travis Fulgham, he's had two good weeks. Um, you know, he's had, uh, you know, he's kind of becoming the Carson Wentz's go-to guy, I guess you could, you could say. Um, I'm trying to pull up his stats here real quick. The guy that I noticed was Henry Ruggs had a good game at receiver. Um... But, you know, the the thing of it is, is when do I make the jump on these guys? You know, when do I, you know, allow myself to take them off waivers, to give them a chance? Um, you know, Fulgham's only played two weeks now. He, uh, last week against San Francisco, here we go. San Francisco, he had two catches for 57 yards, but he had a touchdown, right? He had three targets. Um, which is a decent amount. I mean, if you're if you're a PPR, he may have struggled because he only had two catches, but um, he had a touchdown. But then this week, he had ten catches for 152 yards against what I think is a better defense, which is crazy talking about San Francisco. But with all the injuries, um, you know they've been kind of down. But he had ten catches for 152 yards and a touchdown. He had 13 targets though, so uh, wins through to him early and often. <laughs> If you watch that game, he just kept throwing the ball. Dude got open. Um, you know, you could if you like I said, if you have a deep league, he's the guy that you might jump on. Um, but if it's a if if you don't really have options at wide receiver, um, where you could maybe set him for an extra week to see kind of where he goes, I wouldn't jump right away on. I mean, I would give him another week to really see if Carson Wentz continues to throw the ball to him. Um, but, I mean, he's probably on the waiver wire for a lot of your leagues. He's a guy that's probably open. And, you know, there's probably guys already jumping on him, I imagine, thinking, oh, he's going to do great. But, um, you know, in one of my teams, I've got, I've got a Deshaun – or Deshaun. I've got, I've, got a, I've got Hopkins, I've got um, Ridley, and I've got Diggs. And so I'm kind of set, you know. I mean, there's there's no real reason to drop any of those guys to get a guy like Fulgham. But if you have the option, if you have a guy that can just kind of sit on the bench, he might be somebody to look for. I would continue. If you need a wide – like if you're hurting for a wide receiver, that's a guy that you might go after. Uh, another guy on the waiver wire would probably be um, would, would probably be Chase Claypool. He's had two good games. He's like a hit, or, hit and miss kind of guy. But that's the thing about the Steelers. They've got – three or four guys that could really throw the ball to, and he just happened to be the guy this week. So you got to be careful there. I'll continue to say Terry McLaurin is a guy, no matter who is the, the quarterback for uh, the Redskins, I think he's a guy that you just continue to go to. I think there may have been quite a few people dropping Chris Godwin this week. 
he's a possibility to play on Sunday. Um, and we all we all know what he did last year. I think he'd be a great weapon for Tom Brady. He's a good uh, crossing route type guy, a guy that runs those short routes and gets the the yards after catch. And so look for him. Uh, Devontae Parker continues to excel uh, with Fitzpatrick as the quarterback. Uh, last week he had two catches for 50 yards, but he had a touchdown the week before, 10 catches for 110. So he had he had a you know he's a he's a high volume guy if he's catching the ball if they're throwing it to him. Um, another guy to to kind of kind of look for at receiver that might be on the waiver wire. He had a monster game last night, and that's uh, AJ Brown. He's a guy that a lot of people I think gave up on early in the season. He's got to look at Jefferson. Jefferson is another one if he's still available, pick him up. Um, you know, Jamison Crowder continues to continues to shine with a, a Jets team that just does not have anybody. He had eight catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. And so he's a guy that plays in the slot, plays outside. He's like the only receiver for the Jets. So they're awful. But, hey, if you can find – sometimes you can find guys on those teams that just get the ball and get the ball and get the ball because they're their best player on a team that doesn't have much. So Jamison Crowder, I think he might be my number one guy to really look at this week. I think Fulgham is number two, and I would say at least receiver-wise. And number three, it's it's hard for me because, you know, I want to say Justin Jefferson, um, but I, I, he's another guy that I just want to continually see progression in his game. He only had three catches for 23 this last week. He kind of had a down week, so... I mean, he's a tough guy to, to decide, but, you know, if Deontay Johnson can get really healthy with Pittsburgh, does Chase Claypool kind of take a back seat? I don't know, but he's a guy to really look at. DJ Chark is probably in a lot of leagues, but if he's on the waiver wire, you know, he might be a guy. There's, like, a lot of good receivers there this year, and, and sometimes, like I said, the best thing to do is sometimes find receivers that they the quarterback may not have another option other than them. Um you know, I picked up Stephon Diggs late in in, in my uh, draft, both of the drafts that I did this year. I picked him up kind of late, but I knew that Buffalo was needing that downfield, you know, that every down pass catcher, and he's became that for them. I mean, he had another great game last night. I think he had over – he had like 10 catches last night for over 100 yards. So, you know, find those guys, and sometimes after you draft in five or six weeks down down the road, and you know you you might be looking for a receiver because, well, so and so isn't catching. Take like a AJ Green or a Julio Jones. You know, do I do do I make a mistake by getting rid of them? You know, I don't think so. I don't think so at this point. Um, you know, they're older. Let's think of a Julio Jones. He's got uh, Ridley on the opposite side who's really really good they have some young receivers that maybe can run a little bit hard of course when he comes back he's gonna he's gonna garner 10 uh, targets a game I mean Matt Ryan's gonna throw him the ball as long as Matt Ryan's in there <laughs> but um you know as the same goes for uh I know a lot of you probably have Will Fuller can Deshaun Watson get him the ball he had a better game this last week uh, I mean, there's just A.J. Green. He's wanting to trade now, they're talking about. I mean, there's just a lot of different things that go into this. Um, and something that I've learned over the years is sometimes it's better to have the guys on the bad teams because they get the ball constantly. Um, not saying you just need to go out and get guys that are all bad, you know, just on a ton of bad. But, you know, get guys that are, that are high volume. Um, running backs, the, 
best thing to do, especially if you're in a PPR league, is to get running backs that catch the ball. Um, you know, that's you know that's the way to go now. Uh, now, if you're on if if you're not in a PPR league, then get guys that can score in the goal line. You know, decent running backs um, might get some carries here and there, uh, but our goal line guys. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, for running backs, yards aren't everything, you know, um, because there's not very, very many guys that eclipse 100 yards rushing anymore. I mean, it's rare. Um, it seems like even more and more now for guys to get over 100 yards because they're used in the passing game so much. Every team has three running backs, you know, and they've got the, the your quote-unquote pass catcher and your guy that can, you know, uh, catch the ball out of the backfield, play a little bit of receiver, You've got the guy that's better at the pass blocking, you know, might be more of a goal line situation type guy. You've got the every down running back, you know, uh, who gets it here and there. I mean, like Derrick Henry last night had what, I think it was like 19 or 20 carries for 57 yards, but he had two touchdowns, right? So you have to go with that. Um, but he didn't have a whole lot of yards, but he had a high volume of carries. So you've got to, you've just got to really, really look at that kind of stuff and and think, you know, how can I make my team better? You know, what can I do? I know running backs seem really, really short right now, um, in a lot of these leagues. You know, the waiver wire doesn't look pretty at all most of the time. The receivers look great, you know, because there's a lot of guys just you know getting the opportunity and and these teams are throwing the ball, you know, over and over and over again, making, uh, you know. I think Baker threw for like 37 times the other day, and, and that's kind of low, right, because they've been trying to run the ball a little bit more. So you just got to be careful. It's easier to find receivers. It's harder to find these running backs. Uh, you know, guys that I would look at running back-wise, um, Mike Gaskin continues to – or Miles, sorry, Gaskin for the Dolphins continues to excel. He might be – a guy to look at because he's a guy that will, you know, get carries. He catches the ball out of the backfield. They found something uh, in him. Um, another guy that might be on the waiver wire would be Devontae Freeman. He's kind of became the Giants' go-to guy now that Saquon is out for the year. Um, you know, he catches the ball well. He was he was pretty good in Atlanta, uh, but he's going to catch the ball. He's going to run it out of the backfield. I would say uh, maybe a guy to stay away from would be like a James White. I think he's a guy that, you know, any New England running back I think is hard to to uh, figure out because they've got so many. They've got like three or four that play every single weekend. Cam Newton's basically a running back, right? Um, you know, he's a good runner, and, and obviously we know how he passes. Look, at, if you're really hurting this week, do not release Dalvin Cook, okay? But you could look at his backup, Alexander Madison. Uh, he played good when he came in this last week. But, you know, just be careful in that. And I know that some people, um, if you're in a league that, you know, you don't really have a choice, sometimes you've got to drop guys, you know. But if you have a choice to make, please, please, I tell people this all the time, please, for the love of everything, do not drop a guy. Like, let's say someone, Dalvin Cook, is going to be hurt for, like, maybe a week or two. Don't drop him. Don't drop him. See if you can wiggle some things around. Figure out how to get somebody else in there, you know. But don't just don't give up on a guy like that. Um, he's one of them. I mean, you know, Christian McCaffrey. I've seen people just dropping him left and right. I'm like, dude, what are y'all doing? You know, like when he comes back, he's gonna be one of the best running backs in the NFL. And so, 
well, well, can I, the, the question you ask yourself, well, can I wait six weeks, seven weeks? I think for a guy like that, yeah, if you've got the wiggle room, if you can make sure that you, you put guys in there around him, you know, and just run your flex as a tight end or wide receiver for a while. But if you don't have that option, then you just got choices you got to make, right? Um, but, but just be careful in the decisions that you make. Uh, you know, they could, they could hurt you in the long run uh, if you let them. Uh, some somebody, some quarterbacks to maybe look out for Justin Herbert. He's out this week for a bye. He's a guy. Teddy Bridgewater has been really good. He's found his receivers. Two receivers had great games for him this last week. Uh, if you really, really need a quarterback, especially if you got somebody here, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy to look at. Uh, don't be fooled by Gardner Minshew. He's a guy. Just I wouldn't do it. I don't even care if they're playing Detroit this week. You know, just be careful with a guy like that. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looked awful on Sunday. I wouldn't go after him. Um, Nick Foles, I'd say wait a couple weeks on him. Uh, but you know, there's just some things that you, you just gotta you just gotta look out for. The tight ends this year, man. I mean, other than the maybe top five have been kind of down. Um, most of the time, you're not gonna find tight ends in the waiver wire unless somebody gets hurt. Uh, the Green Bay guy might be available. The Tanyan, uh, he had a huge game, three touchdowns the game before, uh, you know, their bye. He might be a guy to look at. Mo Ali Cox has been pretty good uh, in the red zone. And so, anyways, I mean, just, you know, just be on the lookout for guys. Also, be on the lookout for guys that just are high volume. If they're on a team that's not very good, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be very good. It's the perfect example is Jamison Crowder. He's like the only receiver that the, the Jets have that anybody even knows who it is, right? And so he's a guy that you definitely need to look at um, if you need a receiver because he's going to get, you know, probably 10 to 15 targets every single game. He also runs the ball, so that's a plus, right? But just be on the lookout for some of those guys. Um, if you are hurting, sometimes just give it a couple weeks, right? Just give it a couple weeks. If you're looking for wins, just give it a couple weeks. You know, let things roll. Guys are going to start coming available. Guys are going to start uh, really uh, figuring out, especially with new teams. Guys with new teams are going to start figuring things out. Um, so just, you know, hang on to guys sometimes. Deshaun Watson had more of a bounce-back game this last week. I talked about him last week, and I talked about how, you know, be careful with him. Don't drop him because – if he if the offense opens up to him, I think he's going to be in better shape. Um, he found Brandon Cooks for you know it was like over and over and over again. He found Will Fuller this week. He passed a little bit to Kenny Stills, and so you know he's a guy to I said hold on to. And if you held on to him, you probably had a good week this week. So, anyways, man, just make sure that you just ride the course in fantasy football. Take a deep breath. It'll be all right. And, uh, you know, just always be on the lookout, you know, if you have the time, be on the lookout for those diamond in the roughs, you know, those guys that are going to get high volume um, catches, they're going to get, uh, you know, the yards, um, you know, they're going to get every opportunity to excel in a team that might look not so great, right? So be on the lookout for those guys. Um, you know, it's a long season, you know, most of the leagues, you're going to have 13, 14 weeks that you're playing if it's a huge league like 12 weeks <laughs> until you get into the playoff and so make sure you're doing your due diligence to to um, setting your lineups up uh, 
for success. It doesn't. Projections don't mean anything to me most of the time. I mean, honestly, projections don't because you could have a guy that's projected for eight and he ends up getting 25. I mean, so you just got to look at the matchup. You got to look at, you know, who might be hurt on their team. You got to look at, uh, especially for receivers, what who the quarterback is that's throwing to them. How many weapons do they have? Uh, and, and go from there. And, uh, you know, just look at the matchups. It doesn't matter. ESPN puts out their predictions. Yahoo puts out their predictions. They have all these guys that say, this is how many I think they're going to get, so many yards, catches, you know, this and that and that and this. And so you've got to be careful on that stuff to not just look at the projection. It's good most of the time, right? Usually they, they really help you, but sometimes they don't. Was this, was last week I think uh, San Francisco's defense was projected to score like eight or nine for me, and they had negative four. I mean, so sometimes it don't matter, right? Sometimes it don't matter. Um, so just, you know, be careful with that. You know, go with your gut feeling, right? Go with the matchup. Who are they playing? And, uh, you know, that'll help you in the long run. Let's talk a little baseball, right? We had some baseball playoffs last night. The Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Look at them, right? Look at the Rays, man. Beat the Astros 5-2. to They're up 3-0. Um, they got a deciding game tonight. They could end it, right? Go to the World Series for the second time. And, and franchise history um, in the shortened season. But, hey, they got it done 5-2. to two. It was looking bad early on, but, man, they just started coming alive. They held, uh, you know, they held the Astros um, to the two runs, and, and, man, they got it done. Hey, only one more win needed for the Rays. All the Tampa Bay Rays fans are probably super stoked. Their team has a chance to go to the World Series again and either face the Braves or the Dodgers. So let's talk about that for a minute. Whoa, <laughs> right? I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series this year. I thought between the pitching and the hitting, they would just be there. But the Braves, man, they came in feisty, right? And they've done really, really well in the playoffs. They don't haven't given up much runs. I mean, they gave up seven last night, but you look at the course of the whole entire playoffs, they've hit the ball really, really well, and they've one big right and sometimes small <laughs> right but they don't give up very many runs they played really really good and so uh you know big ups to the braves man i know you fans are super super happy um you know with with them uh you know they they got they they let the dodgers get a little close last night uh you know they were up uh what was it eight to i think it was eight to three going into the or bottom of the ninth, yeah, they were up eight to three going into the bottom bottom of the ninth. They give up four runs in the ninth inning, and you know it's kind of on edge. Like, oh my gosh, they're gonna give it up, but they didn't. They didn't. They got the win. They got it done. Um, just a you know good job by the Braves, uh, and they're making it hard on the Dodgers. But this is a huge, huge game tonight for them. They've got the opportunity to go up 3-0 on the Dodgers, only needing one more win. So, uh, Braves fans out there, I know you're excited, you're ready to go, but this is a pivotal game tonight. You, this is almost a must-win in my opinion, because if you put the Dodgers down 3-0, it's you know it's going to be hard, hard, hard for them to come back. And in my opinion, um, it's it could be done, but it's going to be really tough to beat the Braves four games in a row to knock them out. 
So huge game starting at 5.05 today for the Braves. Um, looking to go up 3 to nothing, And the Rays looking to close it out tonight. So um, just a, it's playoff time. It's baseball playoff time, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know it's, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, they only played 60 games, and now they're in the playoffs, and they're just moving along. And, and uh, you know, we'll see who makes it. Right now, it's looking like the Braves and the Rays are going to be in the in the World Series, um, but again, really, really, really good stuff. Uh, and if you in, just enjoy sports and you're not a huge baseball fan, I would definitely urge you to to sit down and maybe watch it a little bit. I mean, because playoff baseball is totally different, in my opinion, than just regular baseball. Sometimes regular baseball games can be really long. Sometimes. For, for most of, of the people that watch, you'd say boring, right? It's the least like sport. Uh, I mean, honestly, probably in the United States because of the amount of uh, contact that's not in it, uh, the slowness of the game. But watch playoff baseball. You will not regret it. I promise you, you will not regret it. But let's see if the Dodgers can get it done. They need the win. And let's see if the Braves can go up 3-0. If they go up 3-0, I think it's over. The Dodgers in a must-win tonight. The Braves in a must-win tonight. Um, and then, you know, the Astros, man, might be done. They might be done after today, uh, you know, which will make a lot of people happy <laughs> um, just because of their, their history and, and the cheating scandal that they went through. But we'll see if the Rays can close it out or if the Astros can win a game and, and push, you know, into game five and, and see what they can do there. But uh, baseball, make sure you're watching it. If you have the chance, make sure you are watching it tonight. Um, let's talk a little OU football. <laughs> uh, you know, some, uh, huge win. We talked about it yesterday, right? We, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, about OU yesterday. Not, not a whole lot, because I wanted to spend some more time on it uh, today. But huge, huge, huge win for the Oklahoma for the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, I, uh, you know, was was so happy for them. Um, as a fan, I was happy. Uh, I knew how much needed that was. Um, it was kind of it was kind of surreal. You know, because honestly, the way that we've played this year, I uh, was was super worried. Um, I didn't think we would get it done. I didn't. And I'll be the first one to admit it. I was wrong. But the way we've played, you know, and it being Sam's last go-around in the Red River game, um, I was just super worried going in. Obviously, Texas has a ton of talent. Where I think they've lacked is coaching. That's been the lack, you know, ever since Mac left. I mean, that's been the lack of, uh, there's been a lack of coaching. That's where I think a lot of these close games have been losses for them. I think some of these games that they walk into and, you know, probably should win and they haven't done it, I think it's because of coaching. And, uh, you know, ever since Mac left, it's been like that, right? Uh, Charlie Strong just really, really struggled, right? wasn't the right fit for him um tom herman just it hasn't been a good fit i get it tom herman's you know the texas guy you know everybody was super excited 
um, the things that he did at Ohio State and then at Houston. You know, everybody was, you know, super, super excited about Tom Herman. You know, he was a graduate assistant there uh, in the late 90s for a season until he went to Sam Houston. He was like, it was like he was coming back, right? He was coming back. He was going to get hired to really push them over the top. And it just hasn't happened, right? He makes, he makes off-the-wall comments that I just think aren't very good. He just really seems uh, uh, distant from the media. He does things before he thinks about it, I think, sometimes. He's obviously a good recruiter, but how can you not be a good good recruiter at Texas? You have all the resources in the world. But, you know, when it comes to Tom Herman, right, he just hasn't, he hasn't got it done for Texas. He just has not got it done for Texas. Let's see what his record at, uh, at Texas is right now. Uh, his record at Texas is 27 and 17. He's 27 and 17, right? You could say, well, he's been better than Charlie Strong. Yeah, I, I'd admit that, right? He's, he's had a better record. He's a great recruiter, like I said, but who's not? At Texas, you've got to be a good recruiter. You have all the resources in the world. You're literally right in the heart of Texas, one of the greatest uh, high school football hotbeds, whatever you want to call it. I mean, Texas football is, is where it's at, right? So many guys come out of Texas and are superstars. But the coaching is just lacking, man. You know, and I don't know if it's a motivation thing. You know, obviously I'm not a fly on the wall in their conversations, in the huddle, in the locker room, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, he has just really struggled as the head football coach of Texas. And, and last Saturday it was no different, right? Because... If you watch the Oklahoma football, if you watch the Oklahoma Sooners football team, you know, over those last two weeks that they had played, took two losses. They were awful, man. I mean, that's coming from a Sooner fan. They were awful. Two of the best, or two of the worst losses that I've seen in a long time. I mean, just bad. All the way around, had big leads, gave them up, right? Played no defense. You know, it just seemed like they, they weren't going to try to make uh, adjustments. The offense got stagnant towards the end of the game. Young quarterback making mistakes. Just not a good look. Offensive line was horrible. And then on Saturday, they walked into Dallas, into the Cotton Bowl, and the Sooners got the victory. And Texas goes home crying, right? Sam loses again. He's 1-4 and four now against Oklahoma, one of those being in the Big 12 championship. The year that they beat Oklahoma. <laughs> In the Red River, the only year. So where does Texas go from here, man? I I, I don't know, and I'm not gonna spend much time on Texas. Uh, like I said, I want to talk a little bit about Oklahoma and the Sooners football team. But where does Texas go from here? You know, do they let do they continue to let Tom Herman do what Tom Herman does? Do they let him ride out the season? They probably do. I mean, I wouldn't see them making a, an adjustment. I've heard Urban Meyer's name come up. I mean. Uh, in conversation, I personally I would hate that <laughs> if you went to Texas. Um, but he's come up in conversation, uh, you know, this and that. And what do we do with Tom? Do we continue to let him have a shot? What do we do? And uh, 
You know, it's just not looking good for Texas right now, man. I mean, they're just really, really like, what do we do? Where do we go f- from here? What what do we do as a as a university in this football team? Because this is a, I mean, Texas, let's be honest, Texas has been good for a long time. They've won national championships, right? They've won a lot of games in the history. Uh, they currently lead the OU-Texas uh, rivalry, the Red River game, right? They, they lead it um, in the standing, in the record. Um, Post-World War II, uh, I think OU is, has won. Um, they've had the most wins in that series. But, you know, where does, where does Texas go? I mean, there's, there's just a lot of question marks for Texas. And uh, if you're a Texas fan, you're probably calling for Tom Term, Herman's job on Saturday after the game, I'm sure. I've seen all the boards and read some things. And where do they go? You know, that's a good question. I mean, and I think a lot of it depends on the Big 12. You know, what does the Big 12 look like next year? You know, where do they, where do they go? Where, where, do, where, you know, or maybe not just next year, but you know, the the years to come. How does the Big 12 look? Is it still a conference? Do the OU and Texas move? You know, what what goes on? You know, does Texas get a new coach? I think there's just a lot of uh, things to to look at and to answer, and so it'll be intriguing for sure. But enough with Texas. Let's talk Sooners. Um, like like I've mentioned, you know, huge, huge win on Saturday. Unbelievable, man. I mean, the win that the Sooners needed to have. They got it done, man. They proved some doubts, right? I know it's Texas. Texas isn't that great. Let's let's just throw that out there. They, they're not. I mean, Texas is a man football team. Um, you know, mm. But, oh, you got it done, man. They got it done when they needed. I want to talk about the offensive line first. You know, the offensive line, they opened holes. They blocked with a little bit more integrity <laughs> last week with a little bit more oomph, right? They gave they gave a crap, right? They played hard. They looked like a unit together. They finished blocks. They didn't make stupid mistakes over and over and over again, Right? They just got it done, man. You know, there was a couple times where Spencer, you know, had some pressure on him and he made mistakes. But for the majority of the game, you know, the the offensive line played well. They ran the ball. I mean, huge. TJ Pledger having the 100-yard game. Marcus Major having the game he had. It was huge, man. OU needed that in a big way. And I think that offensive line played really, really well. And going into a bye week this week, they've got something to look at and to be proud of. Uh, and then playing TCU in a couple weeks. I mean, it, it's it's it was huge, man. It was it was really really big. Hats off to the, you know, hats off to the Sooners. I, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. I was super proud of the offensive line. They responded. They've had the negativity thrown at them, and they responded in a big way. You know, those five guys really really played well, and some of the backups that came in. Um, you know, gave it gave it what they had, and and they got the, they got the win. And let's talk about the running backs. The running backs found holes. Uh, T.J. Pledger played with some authority. You know, he's a little bitty guy. You know, and and he gets hit pretty hard and flipped around, and and uh, but he's fun to watch. And uh, you know, he just he he played with authority on on Saturday, and you know, applause to him. Marcus Major came in and and uh, you know relieved him several times. He had a nice run there. It was like twenty, like twenty-seven yard gain, I think. Twenty-six, twenty-seven yard gain. 
he had there around the left side, you know, uh, found the hole and, and cut through it. Good game by him, man. He was talking about in the week some of the things that I heard, you know, that he wanted to come out and be aggressive and show what he's made of. He really hadn't had that opportunity, and he got to do it. You know, he got to do it on Saturday, and, and hats off to him, man. He was a huge part. Uh, Spencer, you know, had his struggles. Man, he had his struggles in the first half. He looked lost, right? Um, made some poor throws. That first drive was a good one. Uh, second drive was a pretty good one. I mean, but but here and there, just, you know, struggled, man. You know, and he threw the threw the interception. He had the fumble. Uh, the fumble, you know, he had pressure on him. But he's got to learn how to move out of the pocket. In those situations, not move out of the pocket early like he has, you know, the first uh, few games. Um, but, you know, hats off to him for coming back in after Mordecai came in, you know, and, and playing like he did, man. He got the win, right? He led OU to victory. Uh, you know, so so hats off to Spencer. He keep, He's going to continue to get better, guys. I mean, just, just be patient. He's going to continue to get better. He's a freshman. You know, and, and a big-time spot. I mean, he's the quarterback for Oklahoma. I mean, come on now. I mean, that's huge. That's a huge undertaking for a kid like that uh, at that age. And so he just, uh, you know, he played well. Hats off to Tanner Mordecai, man. I mean, I think he could have been the player of the game. I mean, he came in. He settled the offense down. He he uh, didn't look great. I mean, but but he's the backup, right? But, you know, he settled the offense down. He calmed everything, right? He was a game manager and, uh, you know, helped us get to halftime in the position that we were in. And and so, you know, I think a lot of people aren't giving the respect to him that, that he deserves in this last game with calming the offense down, giving Spencer some time to collect himself. And, uh, you know, good job by Tanner Mordecai. Um, he's a guy that obviously showed he's selfless, right? He'll probably... Uh, probably be somewhere else next year. I would, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to see that, you know, because he's a guy that can give us some depth. But, you know, he, the writing's on the wall, right? And uh, he's probably on his way out um, this next season, and you know, he'll find somewhere where he can play. And, uh, but you know, hats off to him in that game. Receivers, finally, I've been calling for it for a while. They got open. You know, they got open, they made the catches, they got touchdowns. Uh, good job by Stogner. He dropped that one, but, hey, he had the guy all over him. Uh, heard he's dealing with an upper body injury is something that I saw uh, early. Uh, I think it was Monday. I saw something about it. There's a possibility. And so, but he, you know, and he, he caught that one touchdown. I mean, the dude was all over him, and he caught it. Huge touchdown there in overtime. Uh but he's turning out to be a special guy, what we thought he was going to be when he came to OU. Um, you know, big physical guy, probably going to be a first or second round talent when he, gets, when he goes to the NFL. But, you know, he'll work on his blocking a little bit more. But he's a mismatch, you know, just waiting to happen in the, in the uh, receiving core. So just a good game, man, all the, way, all the way around. Things I wanted to see on offense, they finally were able to do it, run the ball, you know, control the line of scrimmage on, on the offensive side, and, and, and that's what they did. So let's talk defense, man. Enough with the offense, right? Let's talk defense. Alex Grinch, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for letting 
some of these young guys have the opportunity. Look at Woody Washington. He, he got an interception. Joshua Eaton came in, played really well. Uh, Travion West got to, you know, play a little bit. He's a true freshman that got to play. Uh, you know, they, they gave these guys opportunities. Burles came in, played a little bit. I mean, so these guys got their opportunities. They played well. Trey Brown had a bounce-back game. He looked a lot better. Jaden Davis played pretty good. Uh, Buki had his struggle, struggles again. But when doesn't he? <laughs> right, but, you know, he, he made some plays here and there. That one pass interference was an awful call on him towards the end of the game. That was definitely not pass interference. I mean, he, he fell down, but the guy was pushing him. Um, you know, and the ball was six feet out of bounds. There was no way the guy was going to catch it, but they called it anyways. But it is what it is. But, man, secondary, thank you for playing, you know, football, right? The tackling was so much better. I mean, it was like 150% better than what it was at Iowa State. It was like that's all they did for a week was just tackle, right? Tackling was great. The pass rush, I mean, you know, they were all over Ellinger all game you know, it was much like it was. It wasn't quite like it was last year, but it was pretty close. Um, you know, all the sacks and you know the pressures and the hurries, and they, you know, they they uh, you know made their name known. You know, there was a hit on Ellinger. Uh, it was uh, DTY. You know, came up and hit him pretty stinking hard, and I was like, "Let's go!" Right? And uh, but they were physical, man, and you know they weren't gonna be uh, beat up on the offensive or on the defensive line this week. Uh, line of scrimmage they really really played hard the linebackers came in and did well um, I'm hard on Brian Mead all the time you know he Brian Mead is is uh you know he frustrates me um you know but he's giving it his all I get it but he's a frustrating player he made some mistakes but you know he made a couple good plays he's a guy that can come in and spell a guy like Deshaun White you know a few plays here and there uh Osamoa played well but man Agwebu my guy man Woo. Right, just a great game for him. He had the block punt, just played really well at the outside or at, at a inside backer. I noticed towards the end of the game, they played him quite a bit. I think they like what they see in that guy. He's just an athlete, you know, and, uh, you know, he's bigger than Kenneth Murray. That's scary. But he came in, played so well, you know, but hats off to the defense. You know, I know they gave up. At the end, of, by the end of the game, like uh, what was it, 40, uh, 45 points? Yeah, 45 points. Uh, but that was all on overtime. I mean, you only get 20, you only have 25 yards to score. They were up third. I get it. OU was up 31 17. They gave up 14 points to put it, you know, send it in overtime. And But man, they were on the field the whole game, you know. After those first couple scores there for OU, I mean, it was like, you know, we the offense stalled out again. It was like we're seeing the whole thing again. Um, the defense was on the field. Texas had a little bit more motivation to score, uh, and they started doing what Texas should have been doing the whole game, and that's running, you know, Sam, even though they don't want to get him hurt. But just, you know, just a good game overall, all the way around. Special teams was so much better this week too. Um, but, but hats off to the coaching staff, the defense, the offense. You know, they got it done when they needed to get it done. That's what we were asking for. You know, as fans, we were wanting to see. So where do we go from here? I think you see the same types of things. There's possibility of the suspension, uh, the players that were suspended to be able to come back and play in this next game. I'm looking forward to that. I think guys will just continue to be put back into place, guys that we were expecting to be big-time players to help us out. And so be looking for more of that. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, 
we'll see what the adjustments are. If they continue to, if they're missing in an area, maybe they make an adjustment to kind of counteract that. How do they, uh, you know, how do they make it work? How much do they play these young guys? I think there's just a lot of question marks there, but I hope that they just continue to do what they did against Texas. Forget redshirting, man. If you've got a guy that can really play, give him the opportunity for all I care. You know, you need these guys. You need these wins, man. This is a huge year, huge year. I mean, especially for losing two early ones to be able to maybe come back and win a Big 12 championship. I mean, you got you just got to give it your all. And I think that's something that, uh, and I'm not making this as an excuse, but I think it's something that OU looks at, uh, you know, every year, at least lately, especially even last year with the, you know, new uh, four-game rule where they could still redshirt after four games redshirting guys you know so what man if they're doing better than than the guy that's in front of them let them play i don't care if they play more than four games just don't redshirt them forget it it's over with just try to win games i think you see guys teams all around the country clemson alabama uh you know ohio state just some of these big time programs you know that are in the playoff like ou that that don't give a crap for a guy that's a freshman compared to a senior if the freshman's better they're gonna play him you know LSU, arguably one of the best players for LSU last year was that Stingley kid who opted out. But, you know, he was the probably the best player on that field all year. He's a first-round guy. They're talking about top five pick as a corner, right? So you've got to make sure that you have the best guys out there at all times if you're trying to win championships. And that's what OU's got to continue to do. They can't be soft on the on – the, whole thing of well i want to redshirt you will let a guy play man if he's better than the guy in front of him let him play give him the opportunity go with a hot hand for all i care you know so we'll see what ou does uh we got two more days this week to talk about it uh but we'll you know like i said we'll see what we'll see what they do i mean they've got this bye week they got a chance to look at the film kind of see what worked for them against texas and move on you know throughout the season a huge test in a couple weeks against tcu um, can they get it done again? Can they beat TCU? Can they continue this momentum? Can they continue to win? They got OSU coming up uh, later in this year. And so the best thing they can do is just continue to get better, continue to get guys healthy, continue to get guys back in the lineup, and, and find that, that, that uh, uh, collaboration that works between the players. You know, what secondary works together what linebacking group works together the best, what, you know, offense and defensive line works best together, you know, the combinations of wide receiver, who do I put in the slot, who do I put outside, who do I put at tight end at this position, who do I let uh, play H-back, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of different things. Uh, uh, the running back room will get deeper with McGowan coming back and then the possibility of Stevenson coming off his suspension. So look forward to those things. And we'll see what the Sooners can do the rest of the season. I'm looking forward to it, and I know you guys are too. So it's just a, it's just like kind of one of those waiting games, you know. Um, you, don't, you don't necessarily want to wait. You wish they played this weekend to see kind of where they're at, um, especially after after the win. But, uh, you know, what what does Lincoln, Riley, and company do? I mean, it's going to be a, a question over the next few weeks. Um, to see what guys are in there, see what they're doing with the offense, uh, seeing how the defense is responding. Um, and, and like I said, I'm looking forward to it.
Thank you all so much for joining me today. Man, I have a blast sitting here talking about sports with you all. Um, you know, like I said, baseball tonight. If you're a fan, if you're not a fan, make sure you're watching. It'll be good stuff. Uh, no Thursday night football this week, so uh, be looking forward to Sunday. Uh, you know, some NFL action going on uh, this Sunday. You got NCAA football. Uh, Big 12 only has one game this week, but the rest of the conferences have several. You've seen, if you if you haven't saw, LSU and Florida has been postponed. I guess Florida has some positive tests, so that game is pretty much off. Um, well, not pretty much. It is postponed. So, anyways, like I said, love talking sports with you guys. I hope that you have a great rest of your Wednesday. We will be back tomorrow talking more sports. And so make sure you are tuning in. Again, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We are on Anchor. We are on so many different things. If you want to go to our website, uh, www.turningpointsports.com, please go to it. We do have a website now. You can also listen uh, in from there. And, uh, you know, it's all gravy, right? It's all good. It's all gravy. And that again, that is www.theturningpointsports.com. Make sure that you are looking, listening, sharing with your friends. Um, I love to see you guys post comments and, and ask questions. And hey, if you got a question, man, I'd love to address it. You know, I'd love to talk about it. If you got a, an idea or something like that, make mention to it in the comments but hey we will be back tomorrow so make sure that you are paying attention to the facebook feed the instagram feed twitter um, also to the website and to the major um, podcast lines but anyways again have a awesome wednesday wherever you may be and we will see you later I'm not going to be able to do that.